Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. I'm Lauren, as you know, and today I have a very special guest on, John Gray. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Great. If you don't know, John Gray is a best-selling author, and I'd be shocked if anyone hasn't heard of it. Uh, if you're at least in in my age range or older, <laughs> men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and he's written 20 books, is that correct? A bit more. A bit more. Okay. He's written way more than just that book, um, but that's what he's most well known for. He's done spinoffs and different things with parenting and um, in the workplace. But today we're actually going to talk about his most recent book called, uh, is it Beyond? Beyond Mars and Venus. Yes. Beyond. What, what's happened today is that Men from Mars, which is really a, a textbook for anybody to have better relationship. However, uh, we sort of outgrown some of those concepts and the way we could use them. And the world has changed. We have changed. That was written over 30 years, uh, 20. I was teaching that 35 years ago. Okay. So I've been teaching it a long time. And as the society changes, we have basically new challenges. And when you have new challenges, you need new solutions. And I'm always at the forefront of this, uh, because I'm happily married and I know the challenges that people have and we can explore that, the challenges in the modern world. Mm -hmm. That's called beyond the traditional male-female roles. Mm -hmm. If we have a traditional male-female roles, which some women really enjoy and some men really enjoy where he has a a good uh, uh, job, he can support his family, a woman gets to cook him dinner at night and raise her kids and also have a part-time job. That's really a nice life. Uh, You know, a lot of women lament that they wish (laughs) They could relax a bit and have that, but you can't anymore. It's pretty challenging for a guy to be able to make enough money to support a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, there's never been a problem with women, uh, you know, having a part-time job so they feel they're in service to the outer world. So not just stuck at home with your kids all the time. Uh, But what a sweet experience. You know, I grew up in that world where my mother was very happy, had a father who could uh, provide for the family in a nice neighborhood, good school, <laughs> country club down the street. Mm-hmm. Mom could say, hey, go play. Uh, it was an easy job. And she had six boys, one girl. Oh, wow. And the lady was happy all the time. <laughs> so I feel that, you know, as an expert in relationships, I've dedicated my life, a big part of my life, to teaching people about have better, more loving relationships, more passion, more sex. Uh, I had an example of it working. And that's the traditional role working uh, where my parents stayed together, very happy together. And I can't even remember them arguing or fighting about anything. And we used to listen at the door when they're having sex. Uh, so <laughs> you know, it was all working for them. So for some people, the past, you know, in the past, it worked. And it, it many people want to outgrow that. That's um, they want to go from belonging which is Maslow talked about our, our basic needs of survival, security, belonging, achievement, and then intimacy. We're kind of at a stage now where we want to have intimacy. And what does that mean and how to create that? Because see, when you have intimacy, you have another word for intimacy is passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's passionate life and people get in relationships and they don't know how to create real intimacy. So the passion goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the foundation then of that intimacy is personal growth. So we see a huge potential today. People all want to grow, grow spiritually, grow. 
their wealth, grow their abundance, grow their happiness, grow their self-esteem. But you'd like have to plant that seed of personal growth in the soil of intimacy. Without intimacy, people can, you know, they're, they're kind of like uh, doing their personal growth, but they wonder why am I not creating the results? Why am I not feeling great all the time? Why am I not manifesting my dreams? Why, when I do manifest my dreams, I become a drug addict. Mm. You, know, you see that in LA, you see so, so many people who are creative. That's, the, that's a really good state, but they have to take cocaine to do it. They have mm. to take drugs to do it, to, to be able to have intimacy as a foundation of expressing your potential. You know, historically, every great author, every great author was a drug addict or an alcoholic. They all were, and they all had terrible lives. It's devastating. And creative people, all you have to do is take drugs but the reality is intimacy produces the same brain chemicals of creativity and personal growth. But you have to learn how to achieve that. I was able to achieve that. I've learned how to do it. I know how to do it. So I've written 28 books. Uh, wow. I have un unlimited creativity. I'm 70 years old. I have great sex, better than ever in my life. I mean, how do you achieve these things? I only do that not to brag, but to say, hey, people, wake up. You have a huge potential here. But the foundation of it is intimacy. And so how to create that intimacy? I, I, you know, I speak at a lot of the new age groups and, you know, those groups as well. They're all into like spirituality and personal growth. And I go, why are you not happy in your lives? Why are you not fulfilled? You haven't achieved yet the foundation of that spirituality, which is ec ecstasy. You know, I, I not only have intimacy and success in manifestation, but I also have ecstasy in, in my meditation which is beautiful. You know, my job is, well, a lot of things I do in my meditation, but one is to send positive vibes out into the world. Mm. Uh, we need that. That's always been sort of the job of the monks, which is to sort of bring in positive energy into the world. But when you can manifest that in your own life, then it's even more powerful. So anyway, those are some thoughts about who John Gray is. I love that. Okay. Thank you. So, I mean, obviously people, I'm going to encourage people to read your books because that's the whole point. You, you, you give us the secrets or the your what you've learned your knowledge your wisdom but <clears throat> just a, a couple you know teasers if you will how how do we become more intimate how how do we achieve some of those things what are some steps to to get there yeah it's a a wonderful subject and uh, other people have defined intimacy quite beautifully uh which is intimacy intimacy it's like right there in the world see into me but actually, there's two kinds of intimacy. There is male intimacy, what men need most as a foundation, and what women need most. That's sort of my specialty. My, my, everybody knows me for men are from Mars, women are from Venus, because ultimately, where my objective is to help people develop their full potential and rise to a higher level of spirituality, make this world a better place. What I know to be the case is to rise to spirituality. It's, it's really what it's about is we all have a soul. And that soul is connected to God, but that soul needs to come into this body, come into the body. Every time you do something greedy, you're jealous, you're hateful, you're, you're gluttonous, all the old traditional sins. Anytime you're feeling those things, you're disconnected from your soul. Those are the warning signs that you're disconnected from your soul. When you can bring the soul into this world, bring God's light into this world, bring who you are, your true self into this world, uh, you, you don't have those tendencies or you overcome those tendencies, actually better, better put. Mm -hmm. We all have it to some degree uh, and we mask it. We don't realize 
how much we, how low we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the religions used to say, oh, you're all sinners. That's kind of a, a, a negative way of looking at it, but we are all limited. Mm-hmm. And, and it's through recognizing our limitations, our, our, the deceptions, the lies that we do on ourselves, the hateful thoughts we have towards others or towards ourselves. I mean, it's having dinner with one of my friends who's a best-selling author on women loving themselves. And, you know, we're having dinner and she says, yes, we all struggle as women to love ourselves. Just stand in front of a room, stand in front of a mirror naked and see if you love yourself. (laughs) That's it. That's a problem. Men have no problem with that, by the way. Did you know that? I I could be overweight, whatever, and I could look at my muscle right here and go, look at that. (laughs) Women can have a great, great, great face, great this, great that, but they'll find the wrong thing. Yeah, tend to be a little bit more critical of ourselves, definitely. Oh, not a little bit more, a whole world of criticism (laughs) of yourself. And by learning to love men, you actually become less critical of yourself. It's Mm. amazing when women can love men, Mm. uh, then you're loving this guy who doesn't really care how he looks that much. Of course, I care how I look, but not that much. When you can appreciate a man for that, what happens is your own masculine power comes forth, Mm. which is not demanding yourself to be so perfect. Uh, women together, just they get so critical, so picky. You know, when when I when I used to talk all about just the gender differences, I say, you know, women are way more picky. When women like look at themselves, want to look better, and everything, there one of the motivations behind that, the good motivation, is to express your beauty. Nothing wrong with that. Femininity is beauty. Uh, when you uh, like, for example, if I want to comb my hair and look brushed, that's my feminine side. Mm. But when your feminine side is anxious, uh, feeling like I'm not good enough and therefore I have to be better and better and better, that's a neurosis. Right. And when you love a man, that goes away. Hmm. Uh, You see, loving the opposite sex allows you to become more whole within yourself. But Hmm. coming back to spirituality, to bring the soul into the body, and I've done that, okay? I'm an embodiment of me, okay? So I had no anxiety in my life. Okay. This, this took a long time to overcome is one of the challenges. You know, I'm a born teacher, but my, in the first what 10 years, I had massive anxiety before I went on stage, massive, you know, and I've done the biggest places. I had the Gershwin theater in New York, my Broadway show, all those things I did without any anxiety. Cause long before that, a little group of 30 people, I feel like oh, terrible beforehand. My first talk I gave, I fainted. Oh, no. <laughs> Everybody thought I was dead. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a massive anxiety. You know, uh, the Beatles, everyone knows the Beatles, at least our age. Uh, they only toured for three years, one of the most impactful groups in history, but they only toured for three years. And the reason for that, when they became famous, they had too much anxiety. Mm. They would throw up before events. Hey, John Lennon said it. He said, we just went crazy. That's why rock and roll stars uh, destroy everything, become drug addicts. They can't handle the divine energy that's mm-hmm. coming through them as all those people are loving and adoring them. That's a lot. Uh, that's all this passive energy. What do they do with it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, you know, back in the day when Men From Mars was selling stadiums every week, every mm-hmm. week, 80,000 people were buying that book for several wow. years massive amount of energy coming in. Now, if I didn't, I wasn't grounded in my spirituality, I would be divorced today. I'd have angry fits. I'd be arrogant. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd become a drug addict. All those things that happens to famous people because it's too much energy for them to handle mm-hmm. unless they're able to channel that energy through them 
and heal the body so it can take that energy in. Mm. See, we all have limitations to how much love we can receive. Have you ever had that moment where things are really good and you're feeling really happy and you go, uh-oh, uh-oh. You <laughs> don't want to lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that's our limitation. That's our limitation. We actually limit how much, and we are limited. And where that limitation comes from is when we're little children, most of the time when bad things happen, we were feeling good before that. Right. <laughs> that's, all, that's what bad is, is I'm feeling good and it took away. You took away we my toy. <laughs> yeah. Playing fun and you bang your head. You yeah. Know? That happened to me a lot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Channeling to the simple energy. point. Mm-hmm. You, you, you were leading me to the simple point. We we're going to talk about spirituality and relationships and intimacy. The simple point, our soul is both masculine and feminine. Mm. So that's its quality. So if you as a human being can be both masculine and feminine at the same time, that's integration. Mm -hmm. Then what happens is your soul can enter into this body and therefore you, all of those negativities are just not there. And if they're, if when they come up, they're easily released. Mm -hmm. That's what you want is, you know, we're stressed, something upsets you. Okay. We all not perfect beings, but you immediately let it go. You let it go. Maybe I hate that person. And then you let it go. And you certainly don't act ever on negativity. Mm. So if a woman was able to do this, she would never complain. A man would never complain. Complaining is using negativity to get what you want. Mm. <laughs> it's the worst thing in the world. Mm. Uh, for it, getting angry and then yelling, it's the worst thing in the world. Suddenly we're no longer connected to our soul at all. Mm. We're just disconnected. So how do you integrate your masculine feminine? When you do that as a human being and learn what that means, your soul has a chance to come through. Mm. Well, it turns out that women have a female body and men have a male body. And when a man is grounded in his masculinity and then goes over to his femininity while staying grounded in his masculinity, that's when integration takes place. That would be an example of my wife is emotionally upset. See, emotions is is yin energy. It's the feminine energy inside of both me. Detachment, uh, groundedness is your masculine energy. You see, it's just like completely detached. What did Buddha say? Uh, forget all your problems. Nothing's a problem. Mm. There's no big deal. Nothing's a problem. I can solve it. If I can't solve it, you can't change it. No big deal. Mm. See, that's reality from one perspective. Mm-hmm. Another perspective is the emotional side of life. It's like, but look what's missing. Look what's missing. It's like the glass is either half full or it's half empty. Have both awareness of both wholeness. Mm-hmm. So our inside is emotionally upset. So my wife's complaining, you didn't turn on the light. You never turn off, turn off the light. You're leaving the lights on all the time. You left your t-shirts on the floor. You expect me to clean this stuff up. You're a mess wherever you go. Okay. Any of those kind of things, those emotional reactions, right? <laughs> so yeah. so if, for me to be both integrated, I would be able to be peaceful, calm, compassionate, empathetic, and curious and help her express herself, serve her in that moment by listening to her, allowing her to express her feelings completely safe. Mm-hmm. This is the most important need of our yin side, the female side, is to feel secure and safe. Mm-hmm. And the man who can help his wife, his girlfriend, what his children, whoever feels safe, when you can provide safety, then what happens is the female side of us, stress levels go down. Mm-hmm. Safe safety is it. Now, what's happening in the world today is just the opposite. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that 
and whether you believe in Jesus and all these things, a lot of that stuff is, is logically you can break it to pieces. But as human beings, we are designed to have faith in something. We need certainty. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need certainty. Uh, and that's why people are like, read the book. This is God's everything God said. You should always believe that. We all have a need for certainty. Now that's been replaced by we need science. We need authorities. And it's turning now into we need an authoritarian government. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's insanity in the world where the authoritarian government is taking over. And a majority of people, for example, in Germany, want that to happen. Mm. They want that to happen. They're not against it. I mean, I hopefully anybody listening to this does not want the government monitoring you all the time, telling right. you you have to take certain drugs, you have to take certain medicines, you have to be like everybody else. We all have to do the same thing. This is insanity, yes. and complete insanity. And, and yet this is the mass psychosis that everybody's talking about now that was on Joe Rogan's show. Me, I'm in the middle of that episode right now. Well, everybody has to watch that episode. It, what's his, uh, Dr. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I'll have to put it in the show notes. It's on Spotify because it's been taken down on every other platform. Of course, of course. It's on Spotify. and it it's, uh, He did it on December 30th, I think it was. Yeah. And, and, Check and it amazing, out. It needs to amazing. be heard. He's yeah. the guy who invented the, the whole MRNI, MRA, whatever vaccine yeah. that is. This is, a, this is a perfect timing. It's a secret. I've talked to two people today. We're live talking about it. I'm in the middle of listening to it. This is so good. It needs to get out there. It's a whistleblower doctor. It's fantastic. I'll have to put it in the show notes if possible. But check out Joe Rogan's show. It's, it's a recent one with a doctor uh, who's the creator of the mRNA vaccine. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning yeah. that. <laughs> so, so good. So, but then when you look at what's happening in different places, like Australia is the lockdown. Mm-hmm. The whole country's locked down. They've only had a few thousand people die. <laughs> so, what, so what is this... Um, because I often ask people this and I'm glad I didn't expect to go there with you here and I'm happy we are. What um, What's out of balance on earth? Is it having to do with masculine and femininity being out of balance? Is that part oh, completely. of it? Completely. Okay, so what, what is that? What is right now out okay. of balance? Let me, let me explain how this works, okay? okay? Men come from women. We're all born, all of us come from mothers, right? Mm-hmm. Mothers are the source of life. A male is dependent on the female, Mm-hmm. to open his heart. Then when the man has open heart, just think of the simple, the simple like ABCs. Okay. Woman loves a man, cares for a man. He feels a response, which is his response is his masculinity increases. This is for little boys. I'm talking about when a mother appreciates masculinity, a little boy feels I can be male. I can be like my father. Mm-hmm. Right now, first of all, like in America, 60% of, of uh, maybe yeah, 60% of, of black boys don't even know their fathers. Mm-hmm. So they have mothers that don't love a man. Mm-hmm. So if, how does a boy develop? I love myself if his mother can't even love masculinity. Right. So we have to learn how to love masculinity because when you love masculinity, what happens is it thrives and it becomes better. So when I'm feeling loved by my wife, it makes me want to do more things for her. Mm-hmm. It makes me cherish her. It, it fulfills a need I have, and that brings out the best in me to create safety and security and empathy and compassion and all of that for her. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't experience fear. So when she is feeling safe, she can appreciate the masculine and she can trust. Okay. See, she can trust her partner. She can trust men. Mm-hmm. Right now we live in a society that doesn't trust men. Mm-hmm. We live in fear. So when you live in fear, 
Who can you trust? The science. (laughs) But we're not getting the science. You see, that's the crazy thing. Right. We're getting a narrative of one aspect. And certainly there's some scientists. Scientists always disagree. Okay. That's what science is. You you evaluate, you test, you relook at it. It's it's an open conversation. Right. You get to evaluate on your own. And what's being done is somebody, a parent, in a sense, the authorities, are monitoring what you can hear. Yes. I have no problem with monitoring what people can hear when they're children. Mm -hmm. I'm really into kids being protected from knowing how evil the world is. Mm -hmm. And let's just not imagine the world is not evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pfizer, for example, is the most evil of pharmaceuticals. They create felony after felony. They're responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths and they've been fined by the government billions of dollars. So let's not think that these people care about you. Right. This is just simple. Oh, how could they, how could they knowingly uh, hide the information of, of how side effects or whatever? How could they knowingly do that? Are you kidding? Of course, they've always been doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing new in the pharmaceutical world, unfortunately. But That's right. Yeah. That's right. And it's not to say that everybody's selling drugs and doing this sure. and doing that is a bad person. Mm-hmm. But there, we have to wake up. There is evil in the world and there is goodness in the world. Yes. And what evil does is it, 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 well, we know what evil does. I don't have to go on what evil does. I don't even like to talk about evil. <laughs> I like to talk about God, goodness. So yeah. anyway, come back to, to we've got a woman and a male body, a woman in a female body, if she's on her male side and not also on her female side, then she will live in fear. Mm. Okay. She lives in fear. It's depending on someone to make you feel safe. And so because women can't depend on men to feel safe because they're not in loving relationships. And we see that happening today. (laughs) Then they want to go for that certainty of safety and security to the government and they become blind to that like little children. So here's a thought, a one, one idea just to take out of everything I said, which can get a little complicated, a little heady and whatever. When you're in fear, uh, when you're in fear, your brain waves go into theta. Okay, fear is when you're, uh, you're about six or seven years old or younger. All children up to about seven years old, six years old, their brain is in a state of theta. That's why they can learn so much. Mm. All you have to do, everything comes in where it's the same. uh, Theta is a state of hypnosis. Mm. It's a state of conditioning. It's a state of mindless belief. It's the absence of critical thinking. Mm. You can't critically think. You can't use logic. I mean, let's just look at the logic of the vaccination of the, the pandemic of the unvaccinated. (laughs) Okay. The logic here is that if it was true, it would be very logical, which is that if you have a vaccine, if everybody gets vaccine, then there's, there's no pandemic. Well, actually we see now, if you have the vaccine, you still transmit it. And if you look at the data, you'll see that in every country at the day they started the vaccine, the amount of deaths dramatically went up Mm -hmm. because what nobody's saying, I'll say it. It's a simple, obvious thing. When they say that Now they have all this evidence and proof that when you're vaccinated, you still can get COVID, but you don't have symptoms sometimes. Right. But you still have the virus in you, the same viral load. And so you'll spread it, but you don't even know you're spreading it. Mm -hmm. At least symptomatic people know, hey, I've got a cold, stay home, don't spread it, don't cough on anybody. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the, the, the vaccinated people, they spread it more. I know. But that's why there's so many deaths. Well, Is I it- think it's starting to come out now, finally. I think with this new strain, which, by the way, my husband and I had it. and I just had it, too. We're fine. I mean, that was it. We were fine. And we, I, I've, I had one shot. I mean, I'll go into that later. But uh, I didn't finish. I didn't feel intuitively right about it. And my husband didn't have any shots. And we're fine. So the vaccine had thing. Any shots and I yeah. just had COVID again. I had it. I was in China at the time it spread. I was in Wuhan. I had it in January. I might've brought it to America. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to go anyway. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it was already there in September. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so, so having it, whatever, we'll get off that subject. Go here, Joe Rogan. You know, these yeah. are real go to experts Joe on it. Not, but my expertise is how to be happy and fulfilled. We talked about intimacy. What is intimacy? Intimacy for a woman is seeing to me. Mm-hmm. You see, women are afraid to reveal what's inside. See, love, like I could, I was just naked today with my partner, just so naked, so free, express whatever I feel, whatever I think. And it's easy to do that because I don't have negative things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's easy to do that. My body is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And although some people might be judgmental of it, my partner's not, I'm not. Here's a thought for the year. I choose to let other people love me unconditionally. Mm, I like that. Just take that in. I choose to let people love me unconditionally. I love that. That means I don't have to protect anything about me. And if you can love me unconditionally, because I'm right there, open book. Yeah. Okay. So intimacy for a woman or for our female side. Okay. Because I have a female side, right? That is to be able to reveal whatever I think and feel, mm-hmm. what I want, what I wish, mm-hmm. what I'm what I'm going through. Okay, that's called see into me without judgment. And see what men do is when women start to open up to this new level of intimacy, they'll share feelings, get upset about stuff, bothered by things, think things. And men will come in and they don't know better. They haven't been trained. They'll tell you, oh, don't feel that. Mm. You're overreacting. It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. It's not a problem. Okay, I'll fix it. Don't do it. You should just do this. Okay, mm. see what that is? That's the male tendency to solve the problem. Yeah. Because he sees her being unhappy as a problem that needs to be solved mm. rather than an opportunity to create intimacy. Mm-hmm. See, as a fireman, if somebody's in distress, what do I do? I jump into action. I solve the problem. I kill it. I eliminate it. I push it away. So when a woman's upset, he wants to push it away. Right. Now, why does he want to do that? Because for me as a man, if there's a problem, forget it. Don't worry about it. No big deal. We minimize things. Mm-hmm. If there's nothing, also, if there's a problem, let me solve it. Sure. But if I can't fix it, then let it go. You learn to accept what you can change, <laughs> have the courage to try to change what you can't, what you can change, the serenity prayer. You know, these are like basics, but think about it for a moment. What Buddha taught is go meditate, forget all your problems. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that? Well, I can do that. I live that state now after doing it for 50 years and teaching it. So basically that's the male side of us. Mm. The male side of us is don't overreact let it go. Mm-hmm. The female side of us is to react. Mm-hmm. What is your reaction and upgrade your reaction. If your reaction is anger and hurt and fear. Okay. Let's explore that and let it go. Cause there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the big message that's coming out right now? There really is nothing to be afraid of. You know, if in the beginning we knew, and if the government would allow it, 
therapeutics. Everybody, <laughs> if you get COVID, it's a bad disease. Yes. Yeah. So what you do is you solve the problem. The, pro- the solution was there, which is therapeutics, which are those words I can't even say. You don't even want to mm. say them, which is the treatments. Although monoclonal antibodies has been approved mm. for emergency use. It's been approved for a long time. Yeah. Stockpiled and they're limiting the supplies of it. Hmm. This is evil. Okay. There's evil. <laughs> It wants everybody to take vaccinations. Okay, There's goodness, which says God gave you an immune system. And when your immune system isn't in shape, there are certain supplements you can take to help you out. And if you're really out of shape, you can just take uh, some certain drugs that don't have side effects. Okay. That's what, if you're going to take something artificial like that, let's limit how much you're going to do that. Take personal responsibility. Finally, they're starting to say on TV, how about losing some weight? How about lowering your blood pressure? I'd love to, I'd love to uh, look at the long-term goal. You know what I mean? I think that's a problem that we're out of balance is it's not just short-term, right? We're very, our medical system is wonderful in many ways, but it's short-term approaches. Band-aids. Right. I'm not against it. I'm, not, I'm just yeah. against the darkness. That no, and I agree. But I think people sometimes. do that with relationships too. Like quick fix, quick fix. How about we invest in them, invest in your health. We'll see less deaths less chronic disease, but that's not a Band-Aid approach. It's a long-term, right? So same thing would go for relationships. Invest in your relationship, invest in yourself, love yourself so you can fully love somebody else. I mean, that's the whole point of all this, right? So I, I, uh, so I want to ask you though. Let me, let me, that's a female point of view. It's a beautiful point of view. And anything I say (laughs) is a female point of view. It's also true for me. Mm -hmm. So love, love yourself. That's what, that's why women need men. Okay, is that a man can love you. Men are so much easier. If you reveal what's inside of you without making him the bad guy, Mm. he will give his life for you. Mm. Men can be so selfless Mm -hmm. and they don't complain about it. They'll go do the dirty, the dangerous, the difficult, the sacrifice. They'll do it all as long as you have a parade for him. Mm. We have a requirement. The requirement is to feel appreciated. Yes. To feel accepted. We don't have to be perfect and to be trusted. You can depend on us. Mm -hmm. See, all of that's missing now for men. So that's where men have become overly feminine. So they're on their fear side Mm -hmm. and women basically go to their male side, but by going to their male side to protect themselves and do everything they can do, they disconnect from the wisdom of their feminine side, Mm -hmm. which is to know everything's okay. Everything. So that's a wisdom. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is where women can come from. It's to love and to accept. So here's the problem today, which is evolution. Evolution always presents us new challenges, how to adapt, how to adapt at a lower stage of, of our basic primary needs. Uh, we had belonging. So we have this tribal consciousness, you know, we have the Republicans, we have the Democrats, we have the Asians, we have the Americans. This is tribal consciousness. So my football team, your football team, Mm -hmm. these are needs that we have just like survival and security and belonging and then personal achievement. That's part of, part of what happened with uh, America was in democracy was the whole idea that we can rule our lives, that we're no longer infants and children. You know, the collective doesn't rule us, but we're independent. Mm -hmm. So achievement, what can I accomplish? What can I do? What am I good at? How can I be better at this and learn this and so forth? Once you have a certain level of confidence in yourself, then life is not fulfilling until you experience intimacy. 
intimacy is the next primary need we have. And a lot of you can jump these needs. Uh, you can jump right beyond them. And, and uh, for example, survival and security, a lot of people jump that need and they get killed. <laughs> you know, you could be a race car driver. You've just jumped, jumped above your need for security and survival. And what you've ended up doing is maybe winning a few races and then dying. Mm. So, but there's an order to these things. You build on them like a platform and intimacy on the female side looks like being able to share and be naked mentally, emotionally, and then physically. And I, that's the order. Mm. All the women who just jump into bed and I won't say all because everything has some flexibility mm. when I say, but it's a structure to understand it. So many women complain to me, you know, the guys don't call back. It's the big thing. You know, I open my heart and he disappears. He loses interest. Well, there's a whole reason he loses interest and he doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. uh, if you connect with him physically before you connected mentally and emotionally, he has no after sex. It's gone. Mm -hmm. You know, once he ejaculates, poof, the attraction disappears or very quickly. It does unless he's attracted to you emotionally and mentally. Mm -hmm. It's easy for a man to have sex with almost any woman if she's available to him and he's horny. But it's not so easy for most women. Okay, we're looking, there's always exceptions to everything sure. I say, but mm -hmm. for most women, they get turned on when they think there's a potential of a, a loving man, okay? The, the potential of a relationship, even though online there's all these women saying, <laughs> I don't care about having a relationship. Okay, well, maybe they're not ready to get married, that's good. But they're just saying what, they want that men want to hear. Okay. Men love hearing that. Oh, you want to just have sex. Okay. We'll just have sex. And it's not that these men are low consciousness men, although many are, it's that men have this need for love, just like women, but men experience love primarily through sex. Mm. Just want you to know that ladies, all ladies should know that men need sex because when they have sex, just look at the logic of this. When they have sex, it feels really good, right? It's kind of like ice cream. Feels good. So now you're in touch with your feelings. So now your yin energy, your feminine energy is coming out and you can feel love. Because see, women are way more feeling than men biologically. Now, how do I say that? Is that whenever you're emotional or whenever you're feeling things, your estrogen levels are higher. Now, women are if you just look at balanced, regular, happy people for a while, now some people are not happy now, but if you look at happy people, not stressed, okay, stressed, what you'll see is that women have 10 times more estrogen than men. Men have 10 times more testosterone. So quite often after a breakup, men will be go out be having sex right away. And women are like, how could you just go out and have sex right away? I can't believe it. I, I, what am I uh, chop liver or something that you would just go out. Yeah. No, we see with women, when they have a breakup, they need love. They can go talk to their friends. Right. They can pet their animals. They can go to the garden. They can pray to God. They can find love in so many ways to soothe the soul. Mm -hmm. But the primary uh, ointment for a man's soul to feel love is a woman loving him. Mm -hmm. And that's sex. Even though she may not love him, right. he thinks she loves him. That's why so many men are on, on, online doing pornography, selling their soul. This is so sad today that, mm -hmm. that men are living in fantasy world. And now we look at, to take that for another moment, meta, Facebook mm -hmm. and meta, mm -hmm. fantasy land. That's all it is, is fantasy land. Yeah. There's a difference of having fantasy land come at you. It's more powerful than reality. And 
I think it's uh, something called player one where they show the future. Everybody's got their goggles mm-hmm. on. They're living in a fantasy world. And then the re- actual reality world is just this dingy little cube that he's living in and disgusting life. Yeah. You want to go to fantasy land. Well, the reality here, we already know this with just porn. We already know this with, with uh, iPhones, with the social media. It's addictive. Yeah. And m- most people don't know the biology of addiction, the biology of addiction is that when you have something fantasy, something not real, it stimulates more dopamine, Mm -hmm. the pleasure hormone than reality. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's nothing wrong with a little fantasy here and there, you know, I'm (laughs) some rigid puritanical person, but basically when you, when you have ice cream, okay. Ice cream is a fantasy because it's not nourishing your soul, your body. It's actually is toxic to your body too much. Okay. Yeah. A little bit in moderation. And I'll just say that because for me, it's the biggest temptation I have in my life. <laughs> ice cream. <It's> good. <laughs> I can't let it in my house. Yeah. I, I love it so much. Yeah. Uh, but what will happen is then I, I'll get belly fat. Yeah. Uh, part of being a healthy, vibrant man is keeping your belly fat down. Mm. Uh, belly fat is a sign of high estrogen in men, high estrogen in men. Estrogen stores fat. That's why women tend to store fat faster than men because they have more estrogen. And also here's a little tip for losing weight for the new year for, for (laughs) women. In order for you to regulate stress in your life, you need 10 times, at least 10 times more estrogen than a man. Anytime it goes below the 10 times more than the average man, uh, it is, you're stressed. You will be stressed. That's just biologically. Mm -hmm. uh, That's true. Now, if it goes above 10 times more, 20 times more, then you can have the multi-orgasmic. Okay. This is uh, orgasm is, is what happens when a woman has an orgasm. Her estrogen levels is going up to 20, 20 times more than a man's. His testosterone is shooting up as well. For well-being in men, not only do we need to have, well, primarily what men need is 10 times more testosterone than a woman. Okay, 10 times more. So the young man has, you know, at least 10 times more, maybe more. Now, as he get older, what we're seeing today is men's testosterone levels go down. As a matter of fact, science says men's testosterone goes down. Well, what happened? Why is mine 20, 50% higher? Mm-hmm. I'm 70 years old. What happened? There's some men that their testosterone doesn't go down. Why? Well, we have to learn that it's not, it's the, it's the symptom of dysfunctional society where men's testosterones will go down as they age. Now at 20 years old, the average 20 year old has 20% less testosterone than just 20 years ago, according to some study I read. This, this is just weakness in men. See, when a man has low testosterone, these are symptoms. He'll be depressed or he'll be angry. He'll be less motivated. He'll be uh, addicted. All addictions come from low testosterone. Mm. Now, what this addiction is, while I was talking about meta, meta gives you the illusion, again, illusion, fantasy, that which is not real. It stimulates more dopamine. Mm. That's it. We already know that. It stimulates more dopamine. Now, when you have a high level of dopamine, a lot of pleasure, a lot of interest, you know, I can just turn on TikTok, and if I didn't know better, I can just watch that all day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's just new and different, new and different, sure. new and different, new and different, and that's one aspect of it. There's no intimacy, mm-hmm. no intimacy at all. It's all just fantasy. It's not seeing to me. It's not about me. It's seeing out there. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I didn't. I should cover my tracks here. What is male intimacy? 
very important, male intimacy is success. See what I do. Mm-hmm. Appreciate what I do. Trust what I can do. Love me just what I do. Accept me just the way I am. Don't reject me. Mm-hmm. This is this is male intimacy. Now, why can I say that? People, people can, who's John Gray to say what's masculine and feminine? Well, it's not me. Just common sense and a lot of studies. Yeah. You see, masculinity, what's really different biologically from men and women is men require testosterone to regulate stress levels, to regulate happiness, to regulate attraction, to regulate intimacy, to regulate fulfillment, and to regulate spiritual enlightenment. Men need testosterone. Mm-hmm. Women, on the other hand, require primary, most important thing is estrogen. If she doesn't have her estrogen, this is about to get to what will happen is if her body is not uh, making estrogen, it will now produce more fat mm-hmm. in order to make more estrogen. Mm-hmm. So estrogen starved women can't control their weight. Mm-hmm. And if you look at estrogen starved women who can't control their weight, because think about it, one of the functions of fat is to produce estrogen. That's Mm -hmm. one of the functions in your body. Now that's if you're certain two different types of body types, there's different body types, but there's the endomorph body type. There's the ectomorph body type, the mesomorph body type. Those are different. Put that to the side. But if you're an endomorph body type, you put on fat. If you're not making enough estrogen, Mm -hmm. that's, it's really a sad thing because the answer to all happiness and fulfillment for women is first produce the right amount of estrogen, mm-hmm. be grounded in your feminine hormones, which is also a little more complicated progesterone and estrogen. They have to be balanced. Your feminine hormones are over here. If you're balanced on your feminine hormones, then you get to go over and be free on your male side. Mm-hmm. That means you, you have a career, you're, you're logical, analytical, it makes sense, but you're also happy, you're fulfilled, you're enjoying your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole key. That's called integration when you have both those things. You're logical and you're also emotional. You're independent and you're also dependent. Mm-hmm. I heard this, I was just so inspired. It was an actress, I heard her talking and she says, you know, I'm not like all these women who are workaholics. I've got a good job. She's a famous actress. But I love going home from work and making dinner for my husband. I like all this girly stuff, you know, (laughs) and under text, she's also still having great sex. Then I go watch the women on The View. (laughs) One of them is talking, really attractive, beautiful woman. And she's saying, yeah, you know, it's great. I just love my husband so much. It's like I have the perfect wife. Okay. Because he he takes care of the kids. He makes her dinner. He does all these things. And they want it the other way. And how's the sex? Oh, <laughs> sex went away a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Who oh, cares no. about sex? Because <laughs> you don't care about sex unless your hormones are in balance. Yeah. You know, I was just interviewed by another woman. She's clearly my age, 65 years old. They're not having sex. They stopped having sex 10, 15 years ago with their husband. That's what happens to couples today. And, you know, I feel erroneously I amplified sex because the truth is, hey, who am I to say everybody should be having great sex? Okay. My parents were very happy. They stopped having sex probably around 45. And that was okay. And matter of fact, what was okay in my family, which was I went to my dad's uh, funeral and I saw this other woman there. You know, we have six kids, one, uh, six, six boys, one girl. And I saw this girl over there a little bit younger than my sister. And she looked just like my sister. Mm. <laughs> so I told my mother, I went, I went up to this girl. I said, why are you here? And, and she, oh, oh, you know, I said, where are you from? It was Austin. Uh, we lived in Houston. It was like a three hour drive away. And I said, 
Oh, your father was always so nice to our family. You know, I said, really, what did he do? Oh, he bought my car. Uh, he, he bought, paid for my college education. And he was always so nice to my mother. And I went, oh, really? That's so good. My dad was so generous. So I went and I told mom, this is, I said, mom, I think I just met my sister from another mother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I told her and, and my mother, and, and my mother said, um, yes, I, I've always thought that, um, your father had other responsibilities. Oh my gosh. Was it, was it really your sister? <laughs> was that? Did you oh, ever yeah, find she's out? A, she's a stepsister. Oh basically. my gosh. Wow. Uh, a, a sister from another mother. Yeah. Okay. My yep. father's daughter. Okay. Yes. So, Anyway, so I said, oh, mom, does that upset you? She said, well, no, I've always known your father has responsibilities. I said, really? Well, and that doesn't bother you. And she said, John, I live in a different generation. And I want people to hear this because we live in this woke society where everything's a sin. And, mm-hmm. you can't. and she said, I live in a different generation. I said, well, tell me about it. And she said, if a man basically is taking responsibility for his family and then it's fine for him to have other responsibilities and just be discreet about it. And that was it. It's mm, it this wow. is like the French system of the, you know, the president and his president dies and his wife is there and his mm. mistress is there mm-hmm. and nobody thinks anything of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly the mistress is the one that you don't have daily responsibilities with, right. but you get to come in and provide for them. And they naturally feel an appreciation instead of taking you for granted. Mm-hmm. Part of what kills passion is taking it for granted. Mm. We take each other for granted. I'll give you an example of that. My wife, uh, I take her about seven years into the marriage of 34 years. And I mentioned my wife passed on three years ago, uh, but we were married 34 years, fantastic sex, great marriage, happy, harmonious family, you know, and a lot of the same challenges everybody faces. We just overcame them. Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing. Can you grow closer in love Mm -hmm. or do you grow further apart? So, so we're going to dinner and I, it's a date and take her on a date and we have a lovely evening and it's where she's feeling very loved and supported. We walk through the doors as we're going out. It's a double door and there's this tall guy and he's all dressed up too. And he pulls the one door open and I open the other door and she walks through kind of like a princess, right? Or a queen, the two men attending to her. And she looks at the other man and she says, Oh, thank you. <laughs> and what that tone of voice says, and then we walked off, the two of us walked off. And the tone of voice when she said, oh, thank you. She, she didn't say that to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> when she said that to him, what I hear as a man, even though I didn't make a big deal out of it, I just analyzed it, was, oh, thank you. You didn't have to do that. My husband, he better do that yes. because I do his laundry and cook for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, it's a business arrangement. Yeah. It's a business arrangement. Yes. And, and there was a, and I talked to her about it and she said, that's yeah, true. So we focus, continue to focus on overcoming these challenges. One, killing the passion by taking each other for granted. Mm-hmm. But the way that happens is. See, we have needs as human beings and women need survival and they need security and they need to feel that they don't have to do it all themselves. That's a need. Mm -hmm. And you have someone you can depend on. Boom. As soon as you feel I can depend on you, estrogen goes up. Mm -hmm. If you can depend on yourself, testosterone goes up. Mm -hmm. And what we want is a blend of those two things. So in in a marriage, the way you would do that, for example, as a woman is when you need something, you just ask your husband to do it. So when, it, when you're asked, you wouldn't complain. That's what women do. They complain. It's the worst form of communication. It's basically like animal. 
uh, a pr- primitive human being is complaining, mm-hmm. but you ask and you ask with a, and with a loving point of view, honey, would you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And he says, sure, I'll do that for you. And then other women go, oh, I ask all the time. He doesn't do anything. I go, you don't know how to ask. Mm-hmm. Tone of voice, okay. words, it all makes the difference. You know, think about how you ask when somebody, you're having dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, and, and you say, oh, honey, would you pass the salt? Okay, that is asking. You see, it's like, hey, no big deal. Would you do this for me? Sure. There's no like, I've done, I did the dishes and I did this for you. And so you better walk past me that salt. Mm, you see, there's something yeah. called preference versus demand. Mm-hmm. Demand, even though if you, no matter what you do, if you're thinking inside, I can't be happy unless you do this for me. I can't feel loved unless you do this for me. That's a demand. Mm-hmm. References, I assume if you can do it, you'll do it. Yeah, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. So so what you're doing when you're asking is you're actually solving a problem that's your male side and you're allowing someone to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Letting someone do it for you, he opened the door for you. A part of you goes, yes, I'm special. Right. Yes, I don't have to do it all. Mm -hmm. See, femininity is I don't have to do it all. And of course, what is, whenever a woman is unhappy, what does she say today? This, I see women every week, every day, unhappy women. What do they say? I have to do this. I have mm-hmm. to do this. I have to do this. And now you're telling me I have to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's their male side. They're stuck on their male side. Mm-hmm. And so intimacy is what allows you as a woman, after you sort of, again, you, you've achieved a certain level of competence in a sense in life, which I can achieve. So the achievement is really going more to your male side. Look what I can do. Look what I can do. Mm. So intimacy is very important to be able to come back to look what I don't have to do. Mm. And that is female power. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about female power is look what I can do. That's powerful. But I would say that's your male side having power. I make all this money. I'm this executive. I accomplish. I can achieve. I can market. I can do all these. Look what I can do. Feel good about yourself. I can do all these things. That's male power. Female power is I'm relaxed and happy. And look what look what look what everybody does for me. Look how much mm-hmm. I have in my life. You see, it's you like I have, have so much female power. Mm-hmm. I get to have you market and promote me. I get to have all these things in my house that make my life easier. I have a personal assistant. I have a agents. I have publishers. I have a, a partner who loves me and adores me, who cooks for me. I have that. <laughs> She, I give her so much. She feels guilty not cooking for me because I say, oh, I'll just take you to your restaurant. No problem. No demands. You see, when you have no demands on someone, you bring out the best in them. Yeah, and when you understand their needs and what women need more than anything today, women have to understand this about themselves is they need intimacy. And intimacy means revealing what I think and what I feel and what I desire mm-hmm. and my body. Okay, just it's so important for women to feel I can be naked with somebody, which is, you know, that's a a long time. I mean, you can't just make that change today, but you can go out and get massages and maybe you want to have a woman massaging you so you feel more safe. 
that's why a lot of women are, are with other women is they, they don't feel safe with men. Mm-hmm. Oh, they tell me that, you know, my dad wasn't there. My dad was this way. I've been molested. I was treated. So I don't feel safe with a man. And so, so you have a girlfriend. Okay. That's okay. You have a girlfriend. But the problem is, is that when you depend on a girlfriend for sex, you're missing out on life's greatest pleasure, which is to bring the yin and the yang together in spiritual yeah. communion and oneness. See, and, but Hey, I know so many heterosexuals have stopped having sex as well. Right. But if you want to go for the gusto, you know, you can look at the ancients, the very few who achieved the great heights of spirituality. There's always a statue of a man and a woman naked together. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's a place for everybody to be, uh, uh, experiment and explore whatever to realize the, the emptiness of life when you don't find the blending of the masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So for women, it's about learning to be vulnerable with sharing what's inside. That's your feminine quality. Let me step over here to my book uh, and just read out feminine quality. So if you're expressing these aspects of who you are, this is beyond Mars and Venus. If you're expressing these aspects, a little chart here on page 48, the whole book is helping you learn to integrate these differences. But these are your, this is your female side as a woman. Independent. Now, actually, I put interdependent here just because uh, my female age, my female editors just couldn't bear saying a feminine quality was dependent. That's mm-hmm. just how how completely messed up we are. I'm dependent on my partner. I'm dependent sure. on her love. I sure. depend on you. I depend on money. I depend on so many things. But women, oh, I can't say I depend on right. a man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And understandably, why she can't say that is that women have depended on men and some men were horrible. Mm-hmm. But that horribleness is something inside yourself. You have to look at how did you attract that into your life? Why did you fall in love with that? And why can't you bring out the best in someone? And there's so many wonderful men out there. Yeah. It's so interesting. Women who are single, they say, all oh, the best men are taken. <laughs> there are best men out there. Why don't you have one? Right, you have right. to find that within yourself. Yeah. Okay. That's why you come back to what you said. You got to love yourself. That's a very female thing for men, by the way, if you're lonely, whatever, you have to learn how to love others, yeah. not love yourself. You have to just forget about you. Start learning how to give what other people need. Mm. That's the foundation for men. But for women, you have to stop giving everybody what they need and start giving yourself what you need. Okay, so it's two different teachings here. So the female side is dependent. Whenever you're depending on someone for something, you're in touch with your female side. And usually that's where your blocks to being feminine will come up because you'll experience fear. Mm. I can't depend on him. I can't trust See, trusting is love. Mm-hmm. Think of any moment why you love a child so much is you trust. They're not going to judge you. Mm-hmm. See, this is this is your challenge as a woman is to learn how to trust, how to open up more. And you don't just suddenly do it at once. It's just like you don't make a million dollars all at once. You build, you build towards this. You have to create a relationship where you can trust, find the right people you can trust and mm-hmm. depend on. Sure. And so you start with women if you're a woman. They're definitely going to understand you better because you need understanding to produce estrogen. But that's your female therapist. That's your female friends. But then you start developing the confidence that I can trust a man to be there for me. And, of course, what my work does is teaches women how you can train a man. Men are so easily trained when you understand (laughs) us. Okay, so dependent, emotional. When you're emotional, your estrogen levels are going up. The problem with, and that will, that will lower your stress. That makes you feel good. Or at least it's kind of like ice cream. It will feel good. Mm-hmm. The problem is that if you use negative emotions to get what you want, 
That's called complaining, blaming, getting upset at somebody. You never get more. You always get less and less. When you use positive emotions to get what you want, you always get more. So how does that look? Well, my wife used to complain that I don't turn out the lights. So one day she said to me, John, I've noticed you've been turning out the lights. I just want to remind you how much I love it. And still sometimes you forget, but I just want to remind you. And walked out of the room. Just drop it like a little That's pebble a nice in the wall. Let the waves yeah. go out, yep. you know. We have to let go of trying to change other people. We need to change ourselves, mm-hmm. okay? That's it. Everything is about growing and becoming better. Okay, emotional. So when you're emotional and when you're not emotional, you're on your male side. Okay. You push your emotions down. So at work, you can't express all your emotions. You can't share your emotions. You can't be emotional. You train yourself to suppress your emotions. So we have psychology that says all of our problems come from suppression of emotion. No, that's the problems for women. It's a problem for men who don't know how to suppress their emotions. Men should suck it up. See, that's why I'm so controversial. You know, this is what, this is the answer to life. If people understood the answer to life, everybody would be happy. They're not. Mm -hmm. We're so going the wrong direction. And psychology did it by encouraging men to talk about their feelings Mm -hmm. and women thinking we're narcissists or selfish if we don't talk about our feelings. Now, having said that, (laughs) I talk about my feelings all the time, but I don't do it from a needy place. I don't do it from a negative place. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if I'm sharing negativity, I would, I would do it from the point where I want to temporarily share this negativity mm. in order to let it go, mm-hmm. not in order to put up a flag and say, we should put somebody in jail. Mm-hmm. That's using your negativity to get what you want, sure. as opposed to sharing to, to inform. let it go. Yeah. So, but the reason I, I, <laughs> I watched the movie last night, I cried three times. Okay, <laughs> I'm like right into my feelings. And bad things can happen to me and boom, I'll go right into my Buddhist state of detach. What can I do about it? What's clear? I'll be analytical. I'll be logical. So you want to have both qualities. Mm-hmm. So emotional, another quality of femininity is nurturing. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're nurturing life, instead of fixing life, you see, Bonnie would call me. She loved the garden. In the garden, she nurtures her little plants, right? She feeds them. She gives to them. She protects them from the, from any danger. But if there's a problem, she'll come, John, would you come and move this plant? I'll come solve the problem. Mm. I'll move something for you. So there's a difference between solving a problem as opposed to nurturing. If you look at the difference between natural healing and drugs, drugs are your masculine. It's going to kill whatever is not working. Mm. What natural solution is, is like when I just had COVID, what did I do? I, I was taking my quercetin and my vitamin C and my zinc. Okay. Boom. Gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, What people also have to know with zinc is that you get the the zinc things that will dissolve in your mouth and they have to sit in your mouth for 30 minutes to kill the bacteria. Mm -hmm. And that's the good thing about Omicron is it's very much in the mouth and the nose. Okay. Anyway, so (laughs) so you can kill to solve a problem or you can feed to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's the female side of us, which doesn't want to kill. It wants to nourish, nurture. That's why if, if you enjoy cooking, cooking for your partner helps you connect with your female side. Sure. And, and, but you have to feel there's a sense of reciprocity. It's, you know, both of you are out there striving to make money and you're having to do that. And now you're going to come home and cook for him. Give me a break. You know, what are you supposed to do? Be man and woman at the same time? Right. No. So there's a place for feminine. You have to create the spaces where femininity helps you feel good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so vulnerability. Vulnerability is femininity. Vulnerability is the most attractive thing. 
mm-hmm. for a man because vulnerability means you can be affected. And most people don't know the meaning of vulnerability because it always is like, I feel hurt is being vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. It is, it is. What vulnerability means is I am allowing you to influence me. Mm-hmm. That's vulnerability. You impact me. So when you smile, that's vulnerability. When you're happy, that's vulnerability. When in bed and you're make, you're screaming like a monkey, that's vulnerability, which by the way, there's a fun tidbit. Why do women scream when they're having orgasms? It's to call in the other monkeys. <laughs> Nature. <laughs> it's all so programmed inside of us. Yeah. So make sure you're very verbal. But what I suggest for couples in the bedroom is this a time where you express love, not just quietly, you know, I love you. I'll never be with anybody else. You're the most special. You're so beautiful. You turn me on. I'm so love. I just, I need you so much in my life. We all need to hear those words mm-hmm. to counteract the negativity around us. And being naked emotionally and articulating feelings is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's vulnerability. Cooperative. And by the way, in sex is when a man goes to his female side. See, we're over in our male side. What brings us to our female side is something that affects us. Mm-hmm. So a woman turns on a man. It's her love. It's her vulnerability. I'm willing to expose myself and let you affect me. I'm going to take off my armor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take off my clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take off all my makeup. I'm going to take off all those things because I feel safe with you. And why, mm-hmm. why is that such a big turn on for men? Because the biggest testosterone producer there is for men is you trust me. Right. So these are all symbols. And unfortunately, pornography and then meta pornography. This is just the death of marriage. Once you start doing sex with these headphones oh, yeah, the on, AI. Mm-hmm. It, it, it literally blows out your dopamine receptors. Yeah. This is addiction. It's not good. When you take cocaine, you're super potent. And then afterwards that you're depressed mm-hmm. or anxious or low. Your receptor sites burn out after a while. Then you get Parkinson's disease. You get and all your brain cells are dying because you're overstimulating them. Right. And then can, the real life thing can't can't match up with the fantasy and then you can't even react to the real thing. It's very, that's very sad, especially for younger boys in particular right now. And girls, girls too. But what's happening with girls is social media, social media, what they talk about how TikTok is causing girls to have want to kill themselves and pain, all that stuff. Uh, And even why, you know, you ask the question, why do they, why do they cut? Mm. Okay. They cut themselves or they cut themselves down. That's how you beat yourself up with negative thoughts. Yeah, or you actually want to cut yourself down. What, why are they doing that? Same reason as a monk. I was a monk for nine years. The extreme monks, if you have sinful thoughts, you, you take a chain and you whip yourself. Why is it that we spank kids? We'd whip them. Is that sensation causes you to feel. Mm. And when you can feel, then you can begin to heal. Mm. So basically you're cutting yourself so you can feel what you're suppressing. Right. Yeah. It's all we all you can't have your estrogen unless you stop suppressing. Mm-hmm. And that means sharing what's inside of you, but learning how to share it in a way that creates love and understanding and empathy. Doesn't do just to express it. Doesn't it's like a it, it's like a release of tension and the tension will come right back. Mm-hmm. There's no healing. The healing happens when you're able to share an emotion without using that emotion to affect someone, you're allowing them to affect you. That would be a therapist listening to you. Mm-hmm. And pretty much what I teach men is one-on-one therapy, which is how to do therapy on your wife. 
And that the modern ther- the my therapy is you don't try to fix anybody. You don't try to change them. You trust that they can change themselves. Your job is not to change them. Your job is to empath- feel empathy, to feel their pain, to validate their feelings, to help them go to that place. But a man can't validate a woman's feelings if her feelings are trying to change him. Mm-hmm. So you can't use negativity to change. And that's, that's what monkeys do. See, monkeys growl, uh, you know, our children, they cry to get sympathy. Right. People say, oh, I, they feel guilt in order to try to rebuild trust. Use negativity to get what you want only throws you further into your primitive brain mm-hmm. as opposed to using negativity, using positivity to get what you want. Right. And right. using when the negativity comes up, you go, oh, I can use this to go deeper into my pain and let it go. Because mm-hmm. it's always about you if you have problems. So cooperation, another feminine quality. We do this together. It's the win-win thing as opposed to competitive. See, competitive is your male side. And women are so like all this dressing up, all, you know, women look at other women. They compete all the time. They're the real competitive ones. <laughs> <laughs> how oh, yeah. they look, who they who's getting this? Why do they have that? Jealousy is a form of competitiveness when you're on your a female on her male side, you know, never feeling you have good enough. You don't, you're not satisfied with what you have. This is all, all negativity in women is when you're on your male side and not enough on your female side. Mm-hmm. And for men, all weakness, all anger, all depression, all violence, everything is a when a men go too far to their female side and they're not on their male side. See, people don't understand yin and yang, masculine and feminine. That's why my book is so, so important. Right. Anger, for example, when a man is angry, most men think, oh, I'm so angry, it's masculine. Right. No, look at the hormones. When you're angry, your estrogen levels are soaring. Mm. It's emotion. Yeah. Or look at, look at uh, well, let's keep going down for women here, which is intuition rather than logic and reason. Instead of analyzing something, you sort of have a sense of knowing. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, everything that I, what I do as far as, you have such a strong female side, I first get a a knowing and I come back, use my brain, Mm -hmm. my my logic, my analysis to see, is that true? Is that not? And then something else. So I kind of go back and forth. Uh, Then there's the love, love itself. Love is feminine. It's not Mm -hmm. masculine. Love is feminine. Mm -hmm. Power. Look what I can do. Look what I can accomplish. Look at my discipline. Look at my strength. Uh, All of that. Look at my detachment. This is power. Uh, you know, I can go jump in my freezing cold swimming pool. You know, that, that takes that huge power to do that. You see, this is this is to sit in meditation for six hours. You think anybody can do that? You know, yeah. I can do 18 hours, you know, just sit there and my focus on my meditation or writing a book. All my books I write in like a few weeks. Wow. I sit there 18 hours. I write, write, write. That's power. Yeah. And it's easy. It's I enjoy it. I love it. See, that's male and female together. That's 50 years of meditation, folks. Mm-hmm. That's not tomorrow. Right. That's why meditation is so powerful. And relationships is so powerful. Okay, meditation is kind of a foundation, but it's the relationship is where we are as a culture right now. Okay, so love, when you feel love. So what's the opposite of love? Okay, manipulation, jealousy, anger at your partner, complaining of your partner, uh, and yet what's interesting is people will complain about your partner. Why you do that? Do you love them? Oh, yes, I love them. And the truth is you wouldn't complain if you didn't love them. See, it's like I don't complain about people I don't care about. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, if my partner rejects me, or, 
you feel neglected, you're going to complain to them. You're going to be angry at them. So when you're angry, it's true. You only get angry at people you love, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. That's why there's more violence at homes than out in the mm -hmm. world. Uh, you get angry at the person you love. But when you're angry, you stop loving. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to get. We're loving people. That's who we are. So I love my partner and now I've stopped loving them. Mm -hmm. And when you stop loving, you suffer. Mm -hmm. All of our suffering is we have stopped loving. Mm -hmm. So what does love look like? It looks like appreciation. It looks like acceptance. It looks like trust. And trust does not mean I can trust you to be perfect. Yeah. See, this is the whole idea. This is why, you know, these ancient religions and whatever, you trust God. It's not like your life's not going to be perfect. You're going to suffer and everything. But tr trust that in the end, <laughs> you'll be <Yeah>. in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, when I'm listening to my wife sometimes be upset, not not trying to stop her. And not that she's upset all the time, but it, it, she's bothered about something. I don't try to like, get to the point, whatever. It's because I know heaven's on the other end of it. Okay. Right. I could suffer this for a little while. Okay, it's, it's difficult. Because <laughs> when she is negative, she's not loving me. Mm -hmm. So I need love. I yeah. like love. It's enjoyable. So now I have to go without love for a little while. Well, suck it up, John. You can do that. Does you know, it'll come back. You? Yeah. You know, I went for nine years without getting a publisher with my publishing. You know, finally I hit the big publisher with Minute from Mars. I wrote two other books before that. Mm. Nobody would accept me. Mm. That's persistence, your determination, that's masculine energy mm. without giving up. Yeah. All the failures are just people who give up. Mm -hmm. And you can give up as a woman, giving up loving. That's your failure, not the, you, not the work world. Work world is not a big issue for women. That's why they can do it without any fear mm -hmm. or less fear than men. Men have more fear around the workplace because if they fail as a, in the workplace, they fail. Okay, right. if a woman fails in the workplace, that's not really who she is. That's just her male side. But who she is in this body, the ground of who you are, is your femininity. So right. a lot of successful women are just unhappy why? Because they don't have love in their hearts. Mm. So if you want to know what to apologize for to your husband, look, I'm all upset at you. But first, I can tell you, I'm really sorry. I'm not feeling very loving right now because you always deserve that. Yeah. <laughs> so you got something to feel guilty about every day and then let it go because we're human beings. OK, so then you got receptivity and that's kind of like vulnerability. Vulnerability is I'm allowing you to affect me. But receptivity is to actually take it in and say, I'm taking in your love instead of like questioning all that. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you not love me? Whatever. At the same time, to be receptive, it doesn't mean that you have to always trust your partner. It doesn't mean that you can't ask for reassurance because in another part of all my books, I talk about women's need for reassurance. This is so, so important. Men don't get it. Men think that just because I make a lot of money or I did this for you that you should feel loved. No, I have to tell her. I have to touch her. I have to do things for her. I have to do all the little things I did when we were dating and more. Yeah. And then men say, oh, I don't want to do all that stuff. I say, are you kidding? That's the easy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's simple stuff. Once you learn what to do. And, and, and so that's a whole art. I teach men how to do that. I teach women how to train men to do that. Mm. So we, we getting a sense of what the female side is. Another side of the female side is virtuous. Another is trusting. Another is being responsive rather than reacting. When you react, yeah. you just throw it back at them as opposed to explore your reactions inside and then use your intuition, use your wisdom. How can I communicate my need, my wishes, my wants in a way that's going to motivate him to do it mm. rather than assume he's just going to be motivated to do more. Right. Men are not motivated to do anything except what they have to do. <laughs> that's the way we are. Yeah. That's the hardest thing I have to say is the reactions 
for me personally, I've talked to friends overreacting. It's so hard not to do that in the moment. Yeah, that's a human, that's a human phenomena. The birth of psychology was the recognition that we all overreact. And unfortunately, we're not allowed to say that because it was abused. Okay. It was basically psychiatrists when somebody wanted to talk about their feelings, they said, well, you know, that's an overreaction. So we became hyper analytical Mm. and analysis. But if you're a woman, the last thing you need at that moment is analysis. What you need is intimacy. Someone to hear what I have to say, what's going on. And then what happens is when what's inside of me is being seen over there. Okay. When he's experiencing to various degrees, empathizing, seeking to understand present for her, then this is sort of resting over there. That allows her to see herself more. Mm -hmm. So you get it out. That's why journaling is so key. And a lot of women do it and it's very smart to do. And all my books, I teach a journaling technique, which is efficient. Okay. So you can just journal and write. You can, listen, I can have women get nothing out of therapy by sitting. And a lot of them, they come to me and say, I got more in one session I've gotten in 10 years with a therapist. Just happened the other day, one of my clients, she came in, she's always anxious, always anxious, always anxious. So what did you, and she's been to this famous person and this famous person, yeah, you have to pay a little bit more to see me. So she's been to other famous people. <laughs> in one session, it's gone. Yeah, Then we'll come back next week until she learns the process sure. of getting rid of it. But all I had to do is she was feeling anxious. I said, okay, let's look at what, you, what you're angry about, what you hate. Mm. Oh, I don't hate. I don't. Well, let's just pretend we do. Yeah. And then just whatever you're afraid of, just be, I'm hate. I hate. I hate. I hate. And I have to teach them how to do this. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. I want, I want, I want, I'm not getting it. And then feel your disappointment. Yeah. And then your fear goes away. There you go. Your fear, amplified fear is just the blocking of anger and disappointment or blocking of guilt, which there's other emotions that are always being suppressed when you're stuck in one emotion. If you're actually conscious of the depth of your emotions, you feel them, they go away instantly. The brain is very smart. The brain, when it feels pain, if you're able to see that I'm causing my pain, the brain will change. Mm -hmm. If you think you're causing my brain, my pain, then the brain says, I have to change you. And until you change, I'm in pain. That's a good one. Yeah. And and this is not just, I'm just giving the concepts. It doesn't do anything. It gives you a direction to go until you do the practice. Yes. And to a lot of people, you need a trainer. You need a coach. We have, you're probably a coach. My coaches, Mars Venus coaches as well, are all trainers helping to train people to set your goals, how you want to be, what you want to do. And then when you don't do it, process the blocks that come up. Mm -hmm. So if something upsets me, I go, great. If something's upsetting to me, was it, I don't know, about two weeks ago, I woke up feeling really awful, upset about something. I said, great. Now I know I got something in the process. There you go. And it it brought me deep, deep down. I'll give you an example of it. So then I, I, I have all these targets, traumas in my life. I just go right back to trauma in my life where that feeling awful was reasonable because right now it's not reasonable. Sure. It's never reasonable if you're an adult to really feel that horrible unless you're in a, unless you're starving and unless somebody is uh, abusing you and you're in jail or whatever. Those are logical reasons sure. why to be so upset, but you live in America. People say they're impoverished and they have a phone. Are you kidding? You yeah. have a cell phone, you know, Kings and queens would go out outhouse. You know what yeah. I do in my house? This is wintertime. I don't even put on the heat. 
I like to live like a Spartan, you know, it just, uh, I don't get colds. I don't, well, I did get the COVID for two days, no symptoms at all. Yeah. Wow. Well, you're tough. It's like to be, to be free, not to be so pampered and dependent, Mm. independence, that's your masculine side. So as a man, I know I have to actually do things to feel more independent because life gets really soft, you know, successful men, they eventually become addicted or they die because life becomes too easy for them. Mm -hmm. So you have to now create challenges. Like you go to the gym, (laughs) you pay somebody to make me lift those weights. Although I've stopped doing that. I now have enough uh, awareness of how good it is. I do it for myself. Anyway, this this is again, a whole discussion about the male side of us, the female side of us. Uh, I know mostly women listening. So I I went down the list of female qualities, but what I do is I explore, how do you apply these things in your life? And the key thing, when you're looking at intimacy, it's it's being with somebody different from you, mm-hmm. different from you, who is connecting with you. When you're with somebody who's the same as you, you feel safety and security, but you'll never grow beyond your level. You'll be pretty much that place. You have to challenge yourself to go further. My favorite example of this is Seinfeld, the popular episodes a long time ago, and he was you know, they're always about relationships with people and everything. And he's saying, oh, I found the perfect girlfriend. She's a comedian. They, we get along. We're just the same. She can even finish every joke I have. I just, there's no conflict. We think everything just the same. And, and then after a few weeks, they break up. And he said, well, what happened? What happened? She's like the perfect woman. He said, yeah, she's so much like me. I feel alone all the time. Oh, no. I want somebody different. I'm <laughs> bored. I was bored. I need something else to stimulate me, trigger me. Yeah. Oh, there's a, well, that's perfect for right now too. I think we can all learn from that is we don't all have to be the same. And, you know, with all this crap that's going on, just to summarize, I think we can learn from people that are different and you said it nicely. So, I mean, I know we're, we're, we're wrapping up by that. We're yeah. challenged by we that. And through relationship, you have enough commitment and love to overcome your resistance yeah. to that, which is different. Yes. And by in, integrating that, you say, okay, I can relate to that. That's relationship. I can relate to that, which is different from me, allows you to look deeper into yourself. When people can't relate to another person and it's easier in a marriage because you start out loving them. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like my neighbor, I haven't started out loving them. So if they're different from me, there's already a big challenge there. Yeah. You've already put a block. People are not developing the ability to hear a different point of view without going to massive resistance to it. Yeah. That's perfect. And that's a good uh, we should, we're going to have to close yeah, out here soon. Time. I realize no, that I, I'm fine. I've, I'm, I could talk to you for hours. You've got a lot of great stuff to say, but I want to at least just say this quickly before we wrap up is thank you for saying that because like you said, you're controversial at times. And I even know listening to some of the stuff, I know what you're talking about, but I know there's going to be people that hear I'm offended that he's, you know, saying that women are only this way or men are, well, you know, the thing is, if you look deeper in like physiologically, I am a woman. I, I do fit a lot of those like molds. There are reasons for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I think people get so offended so easily and it's, everyone's has their own, you know, freedoms to identify with who they are, what they want to be, what they want to be called. I want to be clear on that. But I, I think just from a spiritual standpoint, what we're talking about is there has to be balance of femininity and masculinity. And if you're in a flesh body as a woman or a man, like you said, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Like if I go rock, you know, I'm like rocking it in the workplace. There's so much power, like you said, to actually giving 
someone else the chance to do something for me. That doesn't make me weak. But see, I think uh, people immediately know you, you, if you give it away, you are weak. You know what I mean? Like they get offended, like you're putting down women. That's not at all what you're doing. So no. I can see why people might think some of the things that you're controversial, but I think if you look at it a deeper spiritual meaning, you're saying that both sides are equally beautiful and you have to balance them. That's the whole point is balance. And we're now we're not balanced as a collective. Yeah. And if you take offense at anything, you're out of balance. <laughs> well, you always got to look at within. Of taking, the opposite of feeling yeah. empathy and understanding and the opposite of love is to take offense. Right. You know, ironically, one of the old Chinese proverbs is to take offense is to offend. Mm-hmm. Although I'm not offended. I get that people, I get that women have been so wounded and I know men have been so wounded that you see, there's all these wounds that in the past, we didn't even feel our wounds. Right, so we right. didn't, we didn't have, now we're feeling it. We're going, my God, That's true. think about this. I grew up in Houston, Texas. And that time it was very normal. If the boys, the six boys, if somebody wasn't behaving, you'd say, go to father's room. I'll tell your father, father, come home. He'll pull out a whip and beat you wow. with a whip. Yeah, Boy, you learned your lesson. Yeah. That's what people did. It's and a generational me, difference. Yeah. It's but, a different world. Yeah. It was a different world. Mm-hmm. Now yes. our sensitivities are so great. We have to learn how to still be loving right. and respectful and not take offense, right. but be, be empathetic and understanding of the other perspective, have greater wisdom. Yeah. So the world is different now. And yeah. that's why I wrote beyond Mars yes. and Venus. I'm no longer saying women should be homemakers and men should be providers. Sure. Actually, women need to be intimate and men need to provide safety for that intimacy to come forth. It all works together. Yeah. It does. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Well, thank you for being on the show and thank you for all of your work. Um, where can people find you so they can find your books? Well, Lauren, my daughter's name is Lauren as well. And she's uh, a little bit older than you. And she teaches these classes for women only. And that's our best stuff at my website, marsvenus.com. My daughter and I teach a class, which is free, called how to get everything you want in your relationships. So people go to marsvenus.com. And if they're really adventurous, they can take the long courses that Lauren has produced. You know, she's she's much more competent than me. She looks to me for the wisdom, but she puts it all together. So we have these beautiful online classes too. And very soon to be released, it's taken us a year to do, is a course called Understanding Men. Mm. Uh, the problem that solves all problems. So wow. this is... <laughs> it's really so good. I just, you know, I'm not putting out hardly anything now because I go, my God, she's so much better than me. But that's at marsvenus.com. Okay, cool. Wow. Well, John, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Oh, such a delight. Thank you. Take care of yourself. You guys, thanks for listening. You can find me on Instagram at Real Lauren Live and my website, lauren.live. And we'll put the um, marsvenus.com in the description, of course, so you can find, uh, find John's website and all his books. Thank oh you, yeah, buddy. that book here is what we talked about is the Beyond yep. Mars and beyond Venus. Beyond Mars and Venus. Very cool. Yep. All right. Thanks, John. Bye-bye.